there. Welcome to Innovators in Education podcast, where we showcase educators from all over the country who, through their use of innovative technology, have not only excelled in their schools and school districts, but are making a real change in their communities. I'm Pat Bhava, your host, and also the founder of Pick My Kid, where we believe in empowering schools with cost-effective school safety solutions so they can focus on what really matters, teaching and learning. Stick around till the end of the show and I will tell you how you too can be a guest on our show. So without much ado, let's dive right in. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Innovators in Education podcast, where we shine the spotlight on the movers and shakers who are driving change and progress in the world of education. They're pushing the boundaries and challenging the status quo in order to create a better future for our students. So sit back, relax, Join us as we delve into the exciting world of uh, education innovation and explore some interesting work some of these trailblazers are doing. Talking of trailblazers, today we have with us an exciting guest, Dr. James Corbin, who's a student safety director at Hamilton County Schools in Tennessee. Uh, Dr. Corbin was named the Campus Safety Director of the Year by Campus Safety Magazine in 2023. It is an honor, Dr. Corbin. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. And I'm a nominee. I haven't won yet, so we'll... <laughs> you're the finalist. So uh, I am the finalist. We're all rooting for you. Um, and before diving into the weeds, uh, can you give our listeners a brief introduction about yourself? How you got started? What are you passionate about? And why K twelve? I'm started as a school resource officer for the Orlando Police Department in 1979. I started at Memorial Junior High. Worked for four years there and went up, graduated finally and went to high school. It was at William R. Boone High School in Orlando for another 11 years. Retired from Orlando PD and formed a training company and trained school resource officers nationally for about 13 years. I decided I needed to come off the road and uh, called the school where I'd worked as the high school where I'd worked as an SRO. Asked the principal if he had any job openings. He asked me what I wanted to teach. So I went back to the school where I was a school resource officer and taught uh, social studies for 11 years. Retired, moved to Tennessee and was perfectly happy sitting on my back porch watching the birds, which if somebody had told me 10 years I was doing that, I would have said they were insane. Hamilton County Schools in here in Chattanooga posted this really nice little liaison job to go work with the sheriff's department and work with the school resource officers here in, in the county. And I said, you know, let's apply. And my wife said, you know, are you sure you want to go back to work? So I went and applied and got an interview and then got another interview. And next thing I know, I'm back working. Uh, about three months after I started working for the Hamilton County Schools, they came to me and said, we want to start our own student safety program to help backfill some of the schools that the Sheriff's Department can't cover. So we started with 10 and then went to 19. And after Uvalde last year, we hired 39 more this summer. So we have 60 officers working in the schools, three supervisors, another manager, and myself. And then they moved uh, a big chunk of IT under school safety as well, where we do the cameras, the doors, and the, the other emergency equipment is all under me as well. That's where we are. Awesome. What is it about K-12 that kept getting you in and out, but you stayed in K-12 kind of an, uh, uh, you know, pathway, uh, be it policing or teaching? 
I love the age of the kids. I, I loved uh, working, particularly with high school kids. I loved working with high school kids because you can use real words and, and you're, you, you can see the effect, the impact that you have when you're working with them. This position in Chattanooga is a little bit different because I'm primarily overseeing officers that work in the, with elementary age kids. The rewards there are tremendous. The The way that these guys and girls build the relationships with the kids. And, and you know, I, I had one of my officers um, who was a, a SWAT team member when he was in active law enforcement. And he's a big man. He's about 6'2 and probably 230 pounds. And I went to visit him and he's carrying uh, an eight-year-old like an infant. He's carrying him down the hall and patting him on the back. He says... I'll be with you in a minute, sir. I have, he's had a bad day and we need to go talk. So that, that's the kind of things that we work with. But, you know, you, you can't see that just carrying a badge. But working with kids, you get to see that kind of impact and you have that kind of chance to, to make a change and make their life better. Yeah, and they all look up to you. you know, there's a role model right in the school every single day. Um, I, and, yeah. And these people in the halls you walk down the halls with them and you can't get anywhere because these little little people are all around them high-fiving and hugging and it's it's extremely rewarding to see these guys and girls working in the schools awesome fantastic so so you've done an awesome you know job I and mean, you've been recognized for it for establishing a team of over 60 sros in your school district in such a short time um, and of course, it was um, it was accelerated due to some events which happened. But uh, but it's it's a tough it job. It's putting those people together. It is hiring in such a short notice. At the same time, not relaxing your standards, right? So, how much of a challenge was that? If you want to talk a little bit about that, did you hire from out of town? Did you focus on local? We have officers that have retired from Chet, uh, of course, Chattanooga Police Department, the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department. And then we have officers from as far away as Holland, Michigan. I have a juvenile detective that worked child abuse for years in Holland, Michigan. That's one of my officers. I have a retired detective from Chicago PD. We have two from New York, a former chief from upstate New York, and a, a guy that started as a park ranger in Harlem and then became a police officer in, in rural New York. Um, we have officers from Florida. I have one from Winter Park. I have one from uh, Coco that have come up and work with me. I have officers that came from Signal Mountain Police Department, which is up on top of the mountain here. We, that's we, you have to raise your pinky when you say Signal Mountain. It's that kind of community. <laughs> but I have uh, two that left Signal Mountain and came down to me. Yeah. And it's we have a great cross section. I have a couple former military. I have. Uh, um, but overwhelmingly, they're ex-police officers or retired police. There's no such thing as re an ex-police officer. Once you're a police officer, it's like being an ex-Marine. So they're still police officers and work for me. And uh, it's been very, very effective. The, the, what do you look for in the law enforcement officers when, you, when you're hiring? Because there are some, not everybody is fit or feel they're ready for work in a school setting, right? They are like, I need to kick doors and catch bad guys. And if I'm exactly. not doing that, why am I doing a school? So there's a different character trait which makes a person either fit or not fit in an SRO role. So how do you look for that? How do you hire or train for that? Maturity is the biggest thing. Uh, you don't want somebody that's two or three years in, in law enforcement because they still have that chase cars and buy tires mentality. <laughs> 
where if you have someone that's already done it five, four, five, six, seven years, they've they've gotten that out of their system and they're ready to to develop relationships. And that and that's what it takes to do this job. You have to be able to want to be there first. And secondly, you have to come out from behind the badge. That's what I used to teach when I was teaching SROs across the country. And that's what I teach my people is come out from behind the authority. You, you're not a law enforcement officer. You are there to work with kids. You are there to help kids. And I have no doubt if any threat came into any of our buildings, they would handle it. That's what they're there for. And, and they understand that. And it, it's the maturity level that we have. It's the growth that I've seen from these guys from the beginning of the year until now. And it's, I tell them when they start with me, if you give me nine weeks with these kids, they'll have you hooked for life. You're not going to want to go anywhere else. And that's been the, been the experience that if they stay with us for nine weeks, if they get through with us for nine weeks, they're not going anywhere. And our turnover rate has been phenomenal. We, we hired 39 this summer and I've lost one. And that was this last week. And I tell young, tell the officers when they come to work for me, this is not like any other law enforcement officer job that it's your faith, your family, and then the job. And the guy that resigned last week, he's going to work at a Catholic school where his children go. So I can't okay. even complain. Okay. So you can't blame him for it. He's doing the same job at a private school. So yeah. I, I can't even complain about him leaving. But it took about three hours to have another applicant come in that we're talking to. And he starts tomorrow or Thursday. He starts Thursday. I think I, I like what you said. Uh, I want to you know put a pin on that. You said, come out from behind your badge. And be a friend to your students and and bond with them and and gain their trust rather than flash your badge and expect everybody to respect you. Um, I think that's that that's really really important. I think my uh, father used the term that I, I have shared more than more times than I would like. That if you are to be respected, you first have to give respect. And if, if if these people want to earn the respect of kids, they have to first respect them or the teachers or the staff or the administration, because those relationships are equally as important. Uh, dealing with the classified people in the schools and the, the, the teachers and the, the other support people in school, as well as the administration. They have to see you as someone that cares and will enter into their world with some degree of understanding. And that degree of understanding is what built, has built our program to where it is. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so here is uh, another question which I had. Um, so we all know, you know, um, that SROs have a vital role in enhancing school safety. Any school, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, a man in the in in that in 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 his shoes is 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 a vital uh, part of a school safety program. But in addition to that, uh, what in your mind does technology play a part in enhancing school safety? Cameras are phenomenal. Technology from cameras, uh, alarms are great, but it still doesn't, it, it's a supplemental tool. Supplemental. Yeah. It's supplemental to the man or woman on, okay. on the beat, walking to school, looking at the school, making sure that the doors are shut and locked. That's a very big, big instrument right now is just go around and check your doors. And our kids are so polite. Somebody comes and knocks on the door. The first thing you want to do is go run and be nice and let somebody in. And we've got to change that mindset a little bit. They're not being rude if they don't let somebody in that knocks the door. They're being safe. Yeah. So we, we have to, the, the, the use of technology is 
growing, you know, communications is phenomenal, but our camera systems are tremendous. And to use those and to make those extra eyes and ears, the other technology is available and we use it, but it's always, we're always a step behind because with just with our district, just like every other district, where do we get the funding? Yes. And we're, we're working on COPS grants and doing those kinds of things. And but where do we get the funding for the for the increased technology? Yeah. Where do we get the, the, the uh, financing for the best app that comes available or other things that comes available? Because those things are there. We yeah. just need to put them put them in in the schools. We need to get them available to our people. Yeah, we'll use. Oh, them. that's that's. I think uh, I think you've said you know pretty. So technology is great uh, only when it is affordable and accessible to every student in every school. Exactly. Um, so, um, and that's one of the things, you know, when we were talking before the interview, what we do is that, you know, I think one of the rallying cry we had is to democratize school safety. It shouldn't be just based on zip codes. It shouldn't be based on your tax, how much uh, tax collections. Every school's uh, child deserves to be safe. And so, so I, I'm fully with you on that. Um, I, couldn't make, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more because in our district, we have the very rural, comfortable district, comfortable schools, and we have inner city schools like everybody else. Chattanooga is a pretty good sized town. So we have, but we need to protect every one of those kids need the same response and the same protection and the same availability of resources and finding those resources to go in some of those other, some of those less affluent schools is not easy. And, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm sure you'll come across this too. Like when you have uh, um, a percolation of app-based uh, technology for students, uh, especially in a public school system, in our opinion, it creates accessibility. It's, it's an equity issue. You know, uh, uh, even if there's one child without a phone, I mean, you're, you're, you're depriving that child of notional security and also the mindset, right? So we strongly feel that it's an equity issue if you make it a cell phone based or an app based which only some children have access to it i could not agree Sit more down. i could not. but our teachers have the phone absolutely and, and we can use app based programs with the adults on the phone, on the teachers yes on the teachers and for the the staff members not not for the kids because yeah. we're talking little kids and primarily with us Hopefully that six years old are not bringing a cell phone to school. <laughs> they may be hiding it in their backpacks, but uh, oh, they would, they would. Um, and why, you know, what makes you um, um, passionate about, you know, coming back into the fray? I know you touched upon it a little bit. Uh, you you went to Chattanooga and and, and there was an open uh, opening. I think those are just contributing factors, but I'm sure there is something in it that which, which caught your, like, yeah, this, this is what, you know, uh, I want to get back in and do my bit too. The, the ability to work in schools with kids and school safety and, and to see the growth of the officers that work for the sheriff's department and as well as the growth that, work, that my, our agency does and to work together because they're primarily covering the secondary schools and we're covering the elementary schools. So we have kids now from pre-K Mm -hmm. through graduation they have someone in their school that that is there for them and to see that growth of the program and to see that continuation and to see the the way that guys and girls work together to protect their kids sure. and what i love about 
these guys and girls that they start with the kids and the mm-hmm. school. Yeah. They've been there the nine weeks that I talked about earlier. It's yeah, yeah. my kids and yeah. my school. That ownership <laughs> is so to this program, to this kind of, of policing, that is so unique Yeah, that it's not the school anymore. It's my school. It's my not school. the kids. They're my kids. Yeah, yeah. And, and they really live that. And you, yeah. you know, when you talk about somebody, you know, rival schools, and you talk about the kids, they get angry with each other. So that's, that's a good thing. They're I probably like cheering on top of their lungs in all football matches between schools. And There yeah. are. I mean, it's just, it, 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 when I was, a, a, one of my dearest friends in the Orlando Police Department, he and I were hired the same day, and he went to the middle school a year before I did. I went to the rival middle school. He moved up to the high school a year before I did. I went to the rival high school. And we would, for 15 years, we would be back and forth with each other, particularly on game days when we played each other. It was it was a unique love-hate relationship. Awesome. So so you've moved seamlessly across law enforcement, school, SRO, you know, both ways. So you know both sides of the coin. So um, what I, when when we talk to several schools and school districts, some of the biggest problems they face are some of the um gray areas which we discover in the school safety is that they don't have such a good working relationship or they don't have a seamless um interoperability or there are some technology impediments which prevent them from exercising and regularly interacting with their sheriffs of the police department so what's your thought and what are the best practices surrounding that between say a school district uh, and a local pd or a sheriff's department Communication, communication, and you'll find in in education, oh, I did, in education and law enforcement, we're saying the different things, but we're using different languages. We're not communicating. And once you sit down and and talk to each other and communicate on an honest basis, this is what I'm experiencing and this is what I need. And the school, this is what we're experiencing and this is the result we need. You want to get to the same place. It's just that we have different different ways of getting there. And once you sit down and say, what is the commonality here? What do we need to do together? What can we do together? How do we work together? And, and it's give and take. The law enforcement agency is not going to get everything they want. The school is not going to get everything they want. But if we find the commonality and we, we limit our goals and we find the commonality and work together, we can protect our kids. Ultimately, that's the aim everybody is working towards. It's just that the pathway is a little bit disagreements and um, it's, yeah. and it's pride. Yeah, and, you know, I want everything my way, and you know, I want everything. My, no, we want. Let's let's start with a goal. Let's start with the results and work backwards. How do we get there? And that's what we have had the opportunity to do here. We we work together, and and the Hamilton County Schools creating their own was part of that because the elementary schools, our sheriff's department is not going to give us 43 people to put in elementary yeah. schools. They, Every they day don't have the, them. Yeah. yeah. They don't have them. So for us to take on the elementary schools and take that burden off and then work with them in the secondary schools, it's the best of both words. The sheriff's department with the school resource officers and us with the school safety officers, we're accomplishing the same things and we're working together. And that's where the, the benefit is. There's still a little give and take that they want to do things and we want to do things there's still and and that's a growing process 
to be perfectly honest, we've only been around for two and a half years as yeah. school safety officers. So we're growing and they, they're beginning, beginning to see a, a lot more importance. And, and No, uh, so addressing one of the biggest questions which some of the listeners may have, I mean, it's great. Maybe every school district want to grow their safety department and want to have SROs, but they're kind of limited by their budgets or even the thought of increasing the budgets uh, you know, so they get a lot of pushback in their school board meetings. They're like, oh, you had five SROs. Now you want 50. No way. Where's the money? You know, the usual, the way. How did you being there manage it? And how did you convince your board members and your community to come on board and 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 collectively? Because, you know, everybody wants school safety, but you have to do something about it. Right. So you have to. We started with 10. And it, it was definitely a trial. We started with 10 officers and is this, is this going to work? And can we make it work? We started with 10, it was extremely successful. COVID hit us in the beginning of it. So we we were a little bit slow so, in starting. So if I, may, if I may inject there, what do you define as success when you talk to your community? Because you're in the negative news cycle business. Like, you know, what you say success, a parent or somebody who has to sign a check they're like, oh, nothing happened. What do you mean success? So, so you know what I'm saying? The attitudes, the attitude for the kids changed. The attitude of the officers changed and they grew together. The administration began to look at, at the officers as part of their team, not a visitor. And, and that was the success mode is the, the development of the relationships with, the, with the, the adults on campus and develop the relationship with the students on campus. And at the end of the year, they're waving goodbye to the officers and, and the parents are, are coming up and thanking them for what a, whatever interaction they'd had with their child during the school year. Uh, guys and girls at Christmas time, my, my guys and girls in, in the uh, pickup lines, parents are rolling their window down and handing out uh, yeah. gift coupons and thank you cards. And one of my supervisors, the only thing he has on a desk is a toy car, a toy police car, about two inches long. And he was filling in at one of the elementary schools and this kid rolls his window down and hands him his toy police car. And he brings that. That's the only thing on the man's desk. Wow. And so, I mean, that defines that's success. Purpose. Yeah. That's, the, that's success. When those yeah. kids see you as part of the school and when we have officers that on Christmas, they get stacks of cards from their, from their kids and, and, and then get rewards or uh, accolades from the faculty. That's the success we built on. So we started with 10. Then we went to 19 the next year. Uvalde happened and our superintendent made the commitment to the, to the parents. Uh, Dr. Robertson, who is our superintendent, made the commitment that we will have an armed officer in every school in Hamilton County. And that's where we got the others. And that's where we are now. The commitment from our district is phenomenal. That we will, we will fund putting an officer in every school in Hamilton County. Yeah. Now the Sheriff's Department has the, the middle schools primarily, and we have the elementary, but we have an armed officer in, on every campus in this county, yeah. which is great. It, it is awesome. It's it's it's, sad. it's it's sign of the times, but it's a requirement. It is, it gives, you know, um, a, and it's proven to enhance safety all over, so. Yes. Uh, and 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 I, I like the way you define success. It is, it is uh, uh, the way you put it. I don't want to take the punch away from that. It is, it is what the kids feel in the car line when when end of the year and Christmas time and the 
and the accolades the SROs get. And that's that's what community is about. That's what, you know, end of the day, you know, you can blame anything for school shooting, but but when a community comes together and cares for each other, I think we're addressing the core of the problem, which ends up with 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 with, with bad results, right? So I think uh, uh, fostering that 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 positive relationship and positive reinforcement to our children at an early age really brings out a lot of benefits, which it's not tangible. You know, you cannot quantify a lot of those things what you guys do on a daily basis. But for those detractors or those people listening here and wanting to make the same case in your county or in your school district, please, it is the whole package. It is the story behind it. It is the intangibles which really come together in a lot of different ways, which makes your community more intertwined, more uh, resilient and, and safer end of the day. The, so to make this it. program work like anything in education, it has to be a partnership. Yeah, We have to go in and, and realize it's their school. We're coming in as a visitor, but we can contribute. And the more respect they give us and the more they understand that we're not there to, to take anything away from them, the, the faster this thing grows. Fantastic. So uh, I know we're, we're running on, uh, you know, towards the end here. Um, what are your hopes and aspirations for the future of Hamilton County and Dr. Dr. Corbin in general? Uh, well, Dr. Corbin is is zeroing zeroing in on retirement age again. I've done uh, it once. So you think, I've done I think there's more to come. <laughs> uh, but for Hamilton County, I I just. To the program that we have now, just to solidify and, and support and grow and develop the support personnel and the training and the other thing, because that's where I am on, on any kind of officer in the school is the training has got to be continual. We start with a with a basic class. We build on that. We do a lot of in-service and it's more than just guns and bullets. We do in-service about dealing with exceptional kids. We do in-service about dealing with uh, with a faculty administration and we do work with homeless kids. We do work with suicidal. I mean, all of that is a very, very important part as long, along with the guns and bullets, we have to qualify. We have to shoot to make, make sure that our, our skills are sharp enough that we, we can protect kids if we need to. And what I would like to see is this program continue to grow the support staff grow the final, the, the to make it permanent, and I, I truly believe that we can be a role model for any large school district in the country, that if you want to copy what we do, it's not copywritten and it's not brain science. If you want to do it, you can do it and we'll help. And to that point, uh, now all of you heard it, Dr. Corbin uh, offered his help. So how can somebody uh, in the audience today connect with you and stay in touch or maybe just cheer you along your journey and reach out for any follow-up questions? Would you like the to email? Yeah. Email is very simple. It's Corbin underscore James at hcde.org. So I'm available through email and just email and I'll call you back or I'll write you back and do it as quickly as I can. I'm Thank you. Thank you for that generous offer of, uh, you know, help to our audience. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there really struggling to get their, you know, get some program like what you've done going, just getting the leadership in a room, getting a bunch of yeses and then going, you know, and executing on that. So it's raw. It's a lot of work. I oh, it is. Sounds simple. Uh, it, it, it's far from <laughs> simple and it's, 
there are so many stumbling blocks. Yeah, yeah. The, the wrong guy or girl in your school can be a stumbling block. The go, wrong guy or girl running your program can be a stumbling block. You have to be, find someone that really cares about kids and really yeah. cares about the school, as yeah. well as somebody that is not, Yeah. as we talked about earlier, still chasing cars and biting tires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And plus, you know, it all it takes is one vociferous person in a school board meeting to scuttle a, a, a good, well thought out plan, right? So how do you get, you need to get a room full of yeses, but that one loud voice, which going against the grain, can scuttle everything, right? So how, so bringing all those things, management, skills, leadership, and execution. And so here you, sorry. How much is, how much is a child's life worth? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the question. If it's no, how much is a child's life worth? Yeah. How much would you give to protect your child? Yes. And then someone else's, because we have to do the, the exact same thing for everyone else's child as you would want for your own. Absolutely. So Absolutely. the answer answer to the screaming no is, how do we protect your children without it? Yeah. We're not here to arrest. We're not here to to file. We're not here for that. How do you protect your child, and how much is your child's life worth? I think that is a perfect you know uh, line to what is your child's worth? What is okay. what is the cost? Can you put a cost on that? No. And 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 I think on that note, uh, Dr. Carbon, this has been an exciting, awesome, uh, knowledge-filled conversation with you. And I'm sure you will, you know, hear from a few of our audiences, or maybe more than uh, I can't promise. Uh, so uh, thank you for the offer to help and support. We just want to grow uh, this community and uh, learn from you what you've done in your district. And uh, you know, congrats and all the best for winning the uh, winning you. this award this year. And uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation. Any parting thoughts, Dr. Corbin? Just anything I can do to help anyone. That's what I'm here for. Thank if you. It, Thank if you. If it benefits kids, I'm all there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to Innovators in Education podcast. If you like the podcast and you want to be on the show, please reach out to us through the website. We'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody who else would be a good guest, please tag them on social media. Let them know about us. I always love reading your posts and suggestions, so please keep them coming. And if you've got any takeaways from today's episode, please go ahead and share it on your social media channels because it means a lot to me and my team as we put a lot of work into it. We're putting out regular content like this every week. So please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any other content. And if you want to know more about what we do, go ahead and uh, go to our website, pickmykid.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. See you next time.